Hello everyone, this is V Rich, and you're now tuning into BSL Podcast. I have a special guest here with me today, Mrs. or Miss Talisha Calhoun. Talisha, welcome to the show. Hello, hello everyone. Thank you for having me. Yeah, most definitely. How you feeling? I'm feeling stressed out. You know, this is my final semester as a graduate student, so tackling this thesis has been the cornerstone of my days. Mm-hmm. You make them through though, right? No. You're not. You sure? But I'm. Do? But I'm going to finish. I will finish. It's. It's almost done. Push through. Push through. So, Talisha, for the people that don't know you, um, just tell the listeners and followers a little bit about yourself. Well, as you mentioned, I am Talisha Calhoun. I am originally from a very small town, Anadarko, Oklahoma. I was born and raised there. I am the baby out of three kids. So it's my brother, my sister, and myself. And I am 30. I'll be 31 oh, okay. this month on the 27th. Okay, yeah. And currently I am, like I mentioned earlier, a grad student at the University of Central Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I will be graduating with a master's in adults and higher education shout with an out, emphasis in talent development. Yeah. And Lord willing, I actually landed a job mm-hmm. in my field of study, and I started that last Monday. Okay. I'm also a mother to an 11-year-old little girl. Blessings. So that's a little bit about me. So it sounds like you have a lot going on through this whole pandemic. Yes, I have had a lot going on. Being a mom and a single mom and trying to navigate working full-time and helping a young child navigate basically a college schedule if you think about it because mm-hmm. they're all online now or they're going monday wednesdays and fridays right. so that was a challenging moment right. how else has this uh pandemic affected you and your, your day-to-day well prior to the pandemic yeah. i actually lost a very, very, very close relative of mine, my cousin, Chris, and he probably is like a second brother to me. So it was, it was unexpected. That loss really kind of shook me because I was talking to him that very day that I got the call that he passed away. So I'm like, how does a conversation happen? And then four hours later, you get a phone call that a relative that you truly, 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 truly love is no longer here. Like you could no longer see them. You could no longer laugh, nothing. And so just to answer your question with COVID, I feel like I'm an extrovert. So I like to be in people's space. I like to communicate with others in a face-to-face manner. And COVID stopped everything because I started working from home. I did not like it at all. And not only that, I was in a place where the thoughts I would normally have that would probably be minimized if I was at work in an environment where people were making me laugh or like forget about those thoughts were actually like nagging and nagging and nagging at me during those months where it was just quiet. I was at home and you know, it's very true from when I've realized like the devil plays on an idle mind and that's exactly what he did. 
oh the pandemic they, they it put me in a dark space it yeah. it, it did it the pandemic only or is the mixture of your your cousin and also the pandemic it was a mixture it was a mixture for sure it was a mixture of still dealing with the loss of my cousin because a lot of people don't know i have a heart condition and so i wanted to speak at his funeral and i was afraid to because i didn't know what that would look like because i can't be anxious and lord forbid i go up there want to speak and i pass out and here comes an ambulance at someone else's funeral and so every day after that day, I literally, my mind literally rehearsed what I wish I would have said. Like, I don't really think I slept, slept right. until probably last month without like needing an alarm to wake me up. So that was a part of it. Those thoughts that I would typically think about, um, but I had the space to be at work to forget about them, whether that was um you're not enough why like definitely you're not enough how i felt about not being where i wanted to be career-wise my feelings when it came to where i was like financially and especially as a single mother like navigating all that by myself and just feelings and thoughts when it came to like a relationship with the opposite sex and how that's looked like and what I wish it would look like. Right. So you have all those thoughts, right? And you yeah. put them in a ball yeah. and it's just a disaster. And there was a moment where I felt like I didn't want to be here. Yeah. And have you ever felt like that before? No. I had never felt like that before. And I was like legitimately in a very dark space. I didn't know how to navigate it. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't know. I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I don't I didn't care if my phone rang. I didn't care who texted me. Um, all I needed in those days or in those moments was to be in the close proximity of my daughter because that is an everyday reminder of why I need to be here. And so for me, I am a believer. I do be I do believe in the Lord and they weren't thoughts like me telling myself. It was more like, you don't need to be here. You don't deserve to be here. And so because I know that was those were not my thoughts, I was able to combat those thoughts. But just the idea of knowing where all that took me is rough. It's really rough. And I I feel like I lost friendships. Yeah. Two people I legitimately like cared about because they were, they were a few of the individuals that I didn't care to talk. Let me let me rephrase that. It wasn't that I didn't care to talk to them as a person. I just didn't care to speak to anyone because of how I was feeling. Yeah, it sounds like you were in a space, and uh, yes, I mean, sometimes I think that's part of it. I mean, and it's really selfish, in, in my opinion, for someone to disfriend you. Because you're going through a situation that they can never understand or don't understand right in that moment. And then to be, take it in a way where like, you know what, she don't even want to talk to me. It's, I don't think it's that. And I don't think it's that, that you don't want to talk to them. I just think you're in a space where you just don't want to be bothered in the moment. And then whenever you're comfortable with getting back with them, if it's not within the timeline, they feel like you should reach back out to them. They want to disown you. 
Am I right? Yes, you are absolutely right. Um, I talked about that and just my feelings regarding those friendships and therapy quite a lot because it, it hurt my feelings Yeah. because I felt like they legitimately know me to be a genuine person mm -hmm. and that's not something I would typically do in general. Right. And I really felt abandoned if I'm being honest mm -hmm. and I wasn't in a space where, you know, when you're in a space and your, your feelings are all over the place in those moments, you don't want to communicate how you're feeling or why you're feeling it is the way yeah. you're feeling. You just want to, hell, figure it out. Just be alone and sometimes just be around something that's just quiet and just gather your thoughts alone. And some people do take it personal, you know. I don't know why, but I think people should, I mean, in some ways, put themselves in the same situation and realize, like, this situation is bigger than you. And if I'm your friend, if I'm going through a situation, instead of you trying to turn your back on me and act like, you know, oh, she's acting a certain way, try to realize and understand that she's not the same person she was before. And she's going through a difficult moment. So as a friend, the best thing you can just do is just be there when the phone rings. Right? I absolutely agree with you. And I mean, that's just my thought process, you know, because so through the the passing of your cousin did you have to go to any counseling or i mean i know i know it's pretty big mental health is pretty big as far as going to counseling and you know overcoming these tragedies and trauma and all that stuff so did you have to go through that to get to a better place or are you in a better place or i was already going to therapy dealing with like depression and anxiety and so when he passed it was just another additive so and if i'm putting you on the spot just you're tell fine no i'll be like i'm good <laughs> you're fine and you mentioned earlier like um you didn't get a chance to speak it wasn't that i didn't get a chance to what? i remember that day like it was yesterday so my sister asked me if i was going to speak and they had a two minute minimum like they typically do at funerals and yeah. there was a line and when she was ready to go up there i was like okay i'll go with you but the pastor was like no more so we like sat back down in our seat but for me i don't even know well i know because i wrote i ended up writing what i wish i would have said in my phone and there's some days i still read that his birthday was july the 5th it was different going to a cemetery to have a conversation with someone I talk to every day. Yeah. So yeah. I still wrestle with that because it was a shock to everybody. So if you could, or if you'd like to, I mean, you have an opportunity to say what you would have said. If, if that's too much, I mean, it's cool. We oh, yeah, that's too much. That's like a long, that's long, 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 long. long. Okay. Yeah, that's long, long, long. <laughs> I give you an opportunity. I understand that. Thank cool. you. But. I, I know you were speaking on, you know, counseling. So in like, what ways have you implemented self-care? I had actually stopped. I stopped working out probably last year around November-ish or December-ish. And so after that moment, I had that very just vulnerable moment. I began to do a lot of self-care mm -hmm. and self-reflection. 
And so what that looked like for me was running, like running every day. And it had been a while since I ran or since I did any kind of physical activity. So I remember the first time I ran a mile, it took me 11 minutes. And I was just, (laughs) it took me 11 minutes, my first time. And so I just made a goal to beat my time each and every day that I ran a mile. And I did. So now I can run a mile in eight minutes today. But my self-care looked like running. It looked like rollerblading. Me and my daughter would go to Lake Hefner on Saturday and she would ride her bike and I would rollerblade or I would run. Um, I would also, I started journaling consistently. And one of my friends, she had encouraged me to get back to journaling because that's something I consistently did years ago. And so I started journaling consistently and just, just jotting my feelings, things I typically won't say to your face. And because I'm a, um, I am a harmonizer, that's a part of my personality type. So if you were to offend me or hurt my feelings, you would never know because I would never tell you because I value our friendship over my peace. And even though that's not that's the right, right, that's not the right way. That's who I am. And so I'm learning, I'm trying to learn how to share with my friends, how I feel about something. If I feel offended or if my feelings have been hurt without the fear of rejection. And just based on your question with, you know, the, the self-care and me letting you know that was also a part of my self-reflection process. Like that's something I learned about myself and my self-reflection process was I fear rejection. And because I fear rejection, I'm not quick to tell the truth because I care about what people think about me, whether it's a big lie, a white lie or whatever. Or if you're my best friend and if you ask me if you should wear this dress or not, I might not tell you the truth sadly i'll be like girl you look good and i don't like that. <laughs> i know one of my friends told me to to you. <laughs> if you know that dress is too tight listen if you know that dress is too tight <laughs> don't let her walk out that door like that that is not right but what i have learned to say is i don't like it but if you love it see what you do is you just say a little bit and make them read between the lines well, see, again, I'm learning because previously I wouldn't really tell you my truth because I had that fear of losing losing relationships. And I'm just digging at those roots, trying to find out, okay, why do I fear rejection? Why do I feel like I can't be honest with a friend, especially if it's something they asked me and that's something my therapist said. Typically, if somebody asks you, they do want to know the truth. So yeah, I feel like if they ask you to open up a door for you to speak your truth, I mean, you know, Sometimes the truth hurts. So what I've learned in therapy is typically if somebody asks you for your opinion, they want to know the truth. So that's that's one of my challenging challenges moving forward is if a friend or whomever asks me the truth to provide that with them without having that fear that, okay, if I tell them the truth, they will no longer be my friend or maybe they'll look at me differently. Mm-hmm. I just have to in order for me to grow. You said earlier that the way you do something, I can't, I'm trying to think what you said, but you said the way you do it is wrong previously. You know what you said? No, I hate that. I'm trying to think what you said. Or maybe it's because you actually, you don't want to tell, or you you tell it, you don't want to tell the truth all the way because maybe you feel like you tell the truth is wrong and you'll be judged. It's not that, it's not that I, 
think telling the truth is wrong. For me, it's, say for instance, there's something I know personally about me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be so quick to tell you the truth because of how I feel you're, you will perceive me or what so, you will think of me. If the roles have changed, would you want them to tell you the truth? Do you accept the truth? The hard truth? I do. I do. I'm one of those people. I do want the truth. Mm-hmm. I don't like I'm I was in a pretty a long relationship like what 20 2013 2012 and one of the things I appreciated was please tell me the truth because give me the opportunity to decide if I'm going to continue dealing with you or not don't don't have don't lie um, give us an example (laughs) so so these true questions can be uh so if if you cheat on me or if you're doing things that most, I don't want to say most men because I'm general generalizing, but some men may do for whatever reason that is. Like if I ask you, if I hear it, don't lie to me because who I am at my core and my heart, I'll forgive you and have the, like I have a way of forgiving somebody and not treating them like they may deserve based on their behavior towards me. So that's why for me, Tell me the truth because I'm not going to treat you differently. There are some people who are not able to do that, though. Can you handle it? Yes, because at the end of the day, say say Bob lies to me. I'm going to be good. sad. Okay. I'm going to be sad. I'm not dating Bob. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not dating anybody. <laughs> but say Bob lies to me. I'm yeah. going to be sad, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to deal with Bob because well, I love Bob. So why it, lie? Does it depend on how bad the lie is? No. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It doesn't depend on how bad the truth is. No. No. Like, baby, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I, I went out, you know, I had a wild night. It was a lot that went on. It, it, it wasn't just one girl. I'm telling you, I'd rather know the truth. Because if That's you right. don't tell, like, we, if we keep that scenario... And you don't tell me the truth. And then let's say a month and a half later, I find out the truth. I'm going to be hurt. But I promise you, based on my patterns, I'm going to forgive you. So why not just tell me the truth? Because I'll forgive you either way. So so how many times are you going to forgive? You're, supposed to for, you're not supposed to keep count of the number of times you forgive. That's what real love is. Okay. So you're supposed you can, to lose count. So does he need to forgive you? If you go out and... Of course. Hmm. But I... From experience, I have experienced men who aren't quick or forgive, period. Why that is, I have no idea. It's different. How is it different? It's a little different. But it can't be different. If you find out your girl that cheated on you, man, I mean, that is just Oh, my gosh. And the first thing we think in our mind is... You know what? I can't even say that. But you can because we, we we're we being don't... raw and transparent. You can say that, but because I know what you're going to say, women think the same thing. We can visualize just like y'all can visualize. So how is it okay? I, I feel like if a woman cheats on their man, I feel like a man's going to ask questions because he wants to know details. He wants to know what happened, what you do as far as. And, and some men do too. I mean, some women want to know those same details. Me too, yeah. But for men, it's, it's they want no details as far as sexually what you did with that man. So do because women. Because even if I do, if, if I do forgive you, 
I'm gonna have to see him one day, maybe. And I need to know what all you did. I, I have to be prepared for that if I forgive you, because some things you almost can't come back from. Depending on what you do with him, I would have to d- disagree. I disagree, and the reason I disagree is because a part of love is constant forgiveness. And so as humans, we would be naive to think our significant other, our spouse, our life partner wouldn't do anything to hurt us. Because that's not so. We're human. We're going to do something. Not on purpose. And I'm glad you said that it's not on purpose because most of the things that we do that hurt people, we don't think what it will cost us. Not in the moment. No, definitely not in the moment. Because had we, we probably wouldn't have did what we did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But still, for me, I can't just sit here and be like, I'll never forgive. Or I'm only forgiven five times. Or this is the one thing that I'm going to forgive. Because that wouldn't be fair to that other individual. And not only that, I am a true believer of the Lord and knowing that he constantly forgives me for all the stuff I do Mm -hmm. every day, even the thoughts I have every day that are not Christ-like or the actions and the sins I commit, like he forgives me for each and every one. He loses count. And that's a personal goal of mine is to love others the way he loves me. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying, in my opinion, (laughs) in my opinion, that some things and I'm not saying every man. I'm not saying every man. But I guarantee you. I ain't going to say I guarantee you. I, I would just guess. If I lined up a couple of my friends and I said, hey, man, listen, this is what your girl did to him. Now, y'all can go handle that and you can talk to her about what she did or whatever. And I can almost, boy, probably, I said maybe eight or ten of them, they wouldn't take their girls back. But I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying... What you're saying is wrong. I, I I agree. I actually think that's strong. Do you think that's a pride thing when it comes? Hell yeah, because you know why? All a man has. I remember my boy Joe told me this a long time ago, which is true. Shout out to Joe. <laughs> he told me all a man has is his pride. That's it. And so for, it's it's just it's just a man thing, and, and 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 you know women they really don't understand that, or some do, but it's just tough for us just. Just to know my lady has walked out, slept with Stefan, mm, mm, gave mm. Stefan some. Mm, Stefan. And gave Stefan not only some, you gave Stefan the works. Like he got the full, he got the full menu. He got the Christmas package. I don't even get that. He mm. got the extra bonus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I gotta I gotta walk around and halfway see him and then hear people, you know, the it's the whispers too. Mm. The whispers are that it really gets the men too. You know, it's like, oh, man, you heard about sister? Oh, yeah, his girl slipped. It's tough. But I I, I I, commend you on your thoughts. I, I like it. I mean, I agree with it. I honestly do. I think that's really, really dope. I mean, and so who did you learn that from? Did you learn that from anyone? The Bible. So the Bible. Are you, are you speaking of God forgiving yes. you for your sin? Yes. And in the Bible, he talks about. Don't, you know, look, I'm going to just ad lib it as if I'm reading it in my mind, having a conversation with yeah. God, because he literally says, 
If you do not forgive others, I will not forgive you. And not only that, when you don't forgive people, it holds you bondage. Like forgiveness, unforgiveness is legitimately you poisoning your own heart. So does forgiving mean stay together? Or no. does forgiving mean <laughs> I love you, but I can't be with you anymore? And see, that's a, what I would say to that question is, that is based on the person. And of course, I would always say pray first. If you forgive somebody and whether you're in a friendship or a romantic relationship, and if you're not led to reconcile the relationship, as long as you know that you legitimately forgave that person mm-hmm. in your heart, then go live your life. And one of the things I just learned from Mike Todd, shout out to Transformation Church, was how you know if you've really letting the fence go of forgiving somebody is if maybe you see that person out or maybe you hear of their name and you still get that like that that you know that feeling when you go down a roller coaster and your heart kind of drops you're not over that so i feel like it depends on you but if you've forgiven and you're like i really want to see where this can go understand that that forgiveness is legitimately a process It doesn't necessarily mean you forgot the offense, but be intentional with moving forward. And I'm going to speak for myself. What that looks like is we're going to move forward. Like, yes, there will be hiccups in the road because that's granted, but love me for where you want to go, not for what I did prior to you making that decision that you were going to forgive me. I agree. Lisa, what, what kind of um, struggles do you deal with as a single mother? They're all type of struggles. <laughs> well, let's talk about a couple. This is a common one that I will say, going back to that harmonizer, Yeah. I don't want to say it, it, it offends me, but it upsets me when people say, you have a kid, you're not alone. First of all, a child is a responsibility. Yeah. That's someone that I have to raise because I made the choice to carry her for nine months and then bring her into this world. Yeah. But to bring another human of the opposite sex to like do life with, grow with, evolve with, learn about, it's totally a different thing. So one of the things I feel like I personally struggle or have struggled with in my singleness as a mother is being alone and knowing that I legitimately do want to do life with someone and give my daughter like a family even though it's a blended family it's still a family and you know I have to be cautious because I have a little girl and you have to love me and my daughter as if she was your own and it like my father always told me it takes a special man to love another man's child, yeah. to provide for another man's child, yeah. to make another man's child feel secure and safe. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's what I want to give my daughter in. One of the things I think some people don't understand as to why I'm so impatient to give that to my daughter is because I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's a struggle. The loneliness. Of course, you know, bills, they stack up. And, you know, when you only got one paycheck coming in the house, you're like, 
Oh, but the Lord has always provided for me to pay my bills on time. I am a firm believer about having good credit and paying your bills on time. And that's something I truly believe that is important with teaching your youth. But that wasn't something I knew growing up. I had a moment when I worked for State Farm. One of my commission checks was only enough to pay my rent. But mind you, then I was making enough money to where if I knew how to um, save, mm -hmm. I would have had money to pay the additional bills that I didn't have the money for because my check was only enough to cover my rent. So when I had that moment, that's when everything changed when it came to saving, really knowing where your money is going. And... I'm just grateful. I mean, I'm not a millionaire or billionaire. I still have a lot of growth to do. Like my goal is to knock out two loans before June of next year, my car loan and my personal loan with my bank, my credit unions. And then after those two are knocked out is to tackle these student loans. And I will be debt free before I'm 35. <coughs> shout out, shout out. Do you think um, the reason you didn't know about how money works is because you weren't educated on of that as a course. Of course. I'm sorry to cut you off, but of course. And why is that though? Well, I wasn't taught. I wasn't taught, you know, the importance of money, the importance of budgeting. But for me, I have to look at it in a way that, okay, just because I wasn't taught, I'm thankful for the moment that I had because it will change the trajectory of my future as well as my daughter's future. Yeah. And sometimes people don't look at it like that, but that's really how you have to look at it. Like, even though you may have figured out how to save, how to budget at 30, 35, 40, at least you figured it out. It's not, it's never too late. I mean, your parents won't know what they know. Right. They taught you the best they knew. Right. So now it's on, kind of responsibility is on you now since you learned. And. And one of the things I am adamant about is breaking generational curses. So Holy. it's a must. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm big on that as well. What about for you? So what are some of the, the ways you learn that helps you out best as far as saving your money? Do you, do you have to like put money in savings each time you get paid or what, what's, what's your, what works best for you? So for me, I have a goal. This is actually something I learned from my home church, People's Church, shout out, is to tithe 10%, take and save 10%, then live off the rest. So that's what I do. I tithe my 10% and then I save my 10% and then I pay my bills with the rest. Whatever is left over is left over. Yeah. I want to get your opinion on, let's go back a little bit. Okay. I want to get your opinion on dating, Ooh. love. Ooh. <laughs> you know yes well, i want to get your opinion on excuse me all three of these topics mm. if, if we could kind of dive into this a little bit yes so dating in my generation for some reason is a challenge but i don't want to necessarily say it's a challenge for everyone i think it can be a challenge but it doesn't have to be a challenge mm -hmm. like i feel like i live in a generation where Side chicks are normal. Toxic relationships are normal. Mm -hmm. And men not wanting to commit is normal. And then women allowing that mm -hmm. to continue mm 
like knowing the man is not going to commit, but like allowing it. And I'm one of, I have, I'm guilty of that. And I don't mind being transparent and sharing that because a lot can come with, with that. And so dating is, you got, you got to be a lion out there if you want to date in 2020, probably 21. But I legitimately and truly believe that it can be done. It takes two people having the same intensity of the same commitment to make a choice to be together. That's what it is. It's a choice. Like, And just going back, mentioning love, if you legitimately love someone, you have to make a choice to love them every day. They're going to get on your nerves. They, they're going to be all in your space, all in your face every day. They may not put the the seat down and then you go use the bathroom and you fall all in you know that's annoying they may squeeze the toothpaste from the middle and not the bottom up or there's just a lot of things that could annoy you to make you just want to be like you know what i'm done and if you think about it it's the smallest things i feel like in a relationship is done like i don't feel like our generation legitimately tries to make a relationship work and if you can't try to make your relationship work i wouldn't even think you would do that in a marriage like in that, to go back to forgiveness, if you can't forgive someone that you're dating, whether it was a big lie or a small lie, you're not going to forgive in marriage. And one of the things my sister always tells me, she's been married for 10 years, so I'm pretty sure her advice is solid. And I've heard this from, I feel like I've heard this from church, like forgiveness is a constant thing in marriage. You are constantly forgiving. We are humans. We will fail each other. It's to be expected. Yeah, uh, but... Also, forgiving someone for not raising or allowing the toilet seat is different from you go out here and having five side chicks, too. It, it definitely is. That's a big difference in forgiveness. It is a big difference. And, oh, since we're on marriage and love, there's a book I read and I absolutely love. Love and Respect by love. Dr. Egerich. I If I killed his name, I apologize. But one of the things I loved about the book was how it really emphasized Ephesians 5.22, how women are to respect the husband and then men are supposed to love. And before I even like dived into the rest of the paragraphs on that page, I already knew why that scripture doesn't command women to love men because that's something we already do naturally like it's easy for us to love you guys that's why it's probably easy for us to forgive you guys as many times as we do and it I just think, i think women go ahead go ahead go ahead, I, go ahead. i'm gonna I'm pay for it off that but go ahead yeah and then of course like a woman respecting a man and i know the book talked about they surveyed men and that's one of the things they prefer over love is to be respected and to feel respected Yes. That book opens my mind to a lot because it talked about like a crazy cycle. So basically, if the woman doesn't feel loved, then basically the man is not going to feel respected because the woman doesn't feel loved. So she's probably going to talk to you in contempt because she doesn't feel loved. And so you got this crazy cycle going on. It takes one individual. That's the one thing I took away from that book. It takes one individual that's probably the more spiritually mature to do whatever it is the other person is wanting so say for instance you know your wife doesn't feel loved and you don't feel respected well if you're the more mature spiritually mature one you're just gonna want to love and love and love and love on her 
even if you're not feeling like you've been respected. And it just talked about how like a lot of marriages, their uh, relationships change. I know one, he referenced um, a lady who didn't want to be with her husband and the husband just kept praying and praying and praying and still treating her like he's supposed to treat a wife. And then all of a sudden she just had to turn around. So that to me, that book spoke so much on just what unconditional love really is and really looks like you. You don't give up on people, in my opinion. You just don't. What What is your timeline? Let's just say you, you get engaged. So do you have a timeline on when a man should <laughs> set a date? I mean, or, or are you going to go ahead and, you know, because you said earlier, you said some women don't really, they're okay with being just, I guess, the girlfriend or, yeah, I mean, or the main chick. Right. So I I will have to say, I, from this conversation with other women, I think that's case. I think that depends on the woman. And for me, one thing I have learned is you cannot make a man propose to you. You cannot make a man commit to you. They have to want to do that. However, as a woman, if you've been in a relationship for five years and you feel like you deserve a ring or you need a ring. I do feel like you probably should express that. Right. And then based on the conversation, make your decision that way. Now, just to speak on me. Is there a timeline? <laughs> I don't want to say there's a timeline. But I do feel like when a man knows that he wants to spend the rest of his life with you. I do believe they know, I don't want to say instantly, but I don't feel like it takes men who truly know, like, I can see myself waking up to this woman every day for the rest of my life. I don't think it takes like five years. And, but, you know, if you're that woman, I'm not that woman. I'm just, yeah. just to answer your question, I don't know. Five years, no. So, back to um, you speaking about being a single mother. Do you look for acceptance from your daughter? If you do meet a gentleman first, like let's say you meet a guy, you like him, but you want to see how she feels about him first. And if she does like him, do you pursue it? But also, if she doesn't like him, do you kick him to the curb? What, what do you What do you do? How do you How do you handle up with that? So to answer that question, I will reference my most recent relationship. That well, I was, was going to ask you about the most re recent relationship. <laughs> I'm no longer in, and I have not been in, but. I wanted to wait until she met him because this was probably the person I that I felt like it was more like of a real like a real relationship like was serious. So I wanted to wait, but he wanted to meet her. And so a part of me admired that that he wanted to meet her because he wanted to see how the dynamic would be because he always said he would never date a woman with a kid. And so I remember that day because they were having a cookout for one of his friends that graduated um, with his master's from OU. Mm -hmm. So I took her over there with me then because I was cooking on the sides. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, you would never think that would have been his. You would have never think he lived his life saying I would never date a woman with kids because they just they mesh so well together. I'm starting to think it's because their birthday is both in October, though. But yeah, I think I think so. But I do think 
knowing how my daughter feels is very important because I can't just bring somebody in our dynamic and she's not comfortable with it. Because Aaliyah is, she's a lot like her mom when it comes to being very lovey and being very, very playful and wanting to be all in your space. And so if you're somebody who's like, you know, can you tell your daughter to, that would probably be like, okay, it's a red flag. It's a deal breaker. I don't want to say it's an immediate deal breaker, but I would have to have a conversation. And then based on the conversation, I'd have to make my decision. But my daughter's happiness does come first. So you mentioned earlier, so now you double degrees, right? Yay! Hey! Okay. So what advice would you give to the single mothers that want to go back to school and pursue the education? Do it. How hard was it for you? Just like, be honest. Like, I know it was, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but how much of a struggle was it for you? Well, just to speak on my bachelor's, that program allowed me the organizational leadership program it's actually called the reach higher program at the university of central oklahoma allowed me to finish the rest of my credits i had 62 credit hours left and it was majority of the classes were all online and so i was able to work full-time still be a mom and go to school full-time and obtain my bachelor's degree so i would just say do it and not only that be resourceful google scholarships for single moms Whatever resource you can tap into that will help you pay for school, if you have to pay for school, do it. If you work for an organization that has tuition reimbursement, take advantage of it. But ultimately, if you are even thinking about, hey, dang, I need, I really do want to go back to school and finish my degree. And then you have all these but, 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 buts after. Yeah. That's just your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Telling you no. No, because you're afraid. And yeah. I'm telling you, there's fear. And then there's this wall. But on the other side of the wall, there's something there. You don't know what's going to be there until you try to get through that wall. So I would definitely say do it. And definitely make sure you have a support system if you're a single mom who you trust to watch your kids while you're at school. But I will say a lot of the programs are 100% online nowadays because some institutions are starting to think that that's the route adult learners want to go when honestly some adult learners like to be in face-to-face. Yeah, I'm I'm more face-to-face with myself. But also, I have one more question. Okay. What would you say that you're, you're the most proud of? I would say... I am most proud of my daughter, Aaliyah. And I say that because, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but they say the characteristics that children form in adolescence, like years five, seven, are the characteristics that they will carry with them throughout life. And so when I look at my daughter and I like legitimately see those characteristics, it makes me proud to know that that's my child. And I'm like, man, I wish I had some of those characteristics. Like she's selfless. She's thoughtful. We might be in Walmart and she's like, oh, we should get this for Nana. And I'm like, my money though. (laughs) But, and she's very, very intelligent. She's, I mean, for me, that's my constant reminder of what unconditional love is. Because, you know, I can scold her. I could yell at her if I'm like having a moment, but minutes or seconds later it's almost like I never yelled at her yeah. but I, she is like that is my most p- 
proudest moment is knowing. Let me back up. When I found out I was pregnant in 2009, I was a freshman at UCO. I contemplated having an abortion because I didn't know what life would look like that young with a kid. Like, I don't know if you remember how you learned in grade school, like to fold your paper hot dog style or the other way. So I literally folded a notebook style sheet of paper, hot dog style at the top reasons to have the baby reasons why not to. And still to this day, I'll always remember my deciding factor was I would never know what he or she would look like or what he or she would grow up to be. And so I know there was moments my daughter would be like, why do you keep staring at me? And for me, it was because I see life that I decided to bring into this world. And I see what that life looks like. And I see how that life carries herself at such a young age. Like she's a modest 11 year old. Yeah, she is. And she just makes me proud when I hear people say she's my favorite or she's so well-mannered or she's just so polite or whatever the things they say about my daughter, it just makes me feel special. I know one day she was having online learning and I was sitting on my couch and the question they asked the kids were, who is your role model? And you know me, I'm eavesdropping. And so I hear her so say, my mom... I mean, did she know you were behind her? Or? No. So she's like, my mom. And like, in that moment, I literally like, I like teared up because for me, you know, I'm going, I went to school to get my degrees to provide a future that looks different than the future I had. Mm-hmm. Like, I want our future to look a little different. Mm-hmm. And so just like, when I heard that, I felt like I'm showing her what it looks like to want to be successful in life as a woman, as a black woman in this world. Like I tell her all the time, there's nothing you cannot do. Put your mind to it, have God in the center and he will see you through. I speak life to my daughter every day and I'll never forget. She went to West Nichols Hills when she was going to West Nichols Hills and we listened to K-Love on the radio and this lady was sharing her story about her son he did something he was he became something and she was telling Kayla her story and she was saying how she started speaking life to her son at a young age and so once I heard that like I immediately started speaking life to my daughter every day before I dropped her off at school so I would say um things like you're the head and you're not the tail you are smart you will be a genius I would say like just things I know about her I would say and yeah, I would tell her yeah. she's fearfully and wonderfully made. And then it got to a point where I would have her finished out the sentence. And so now when I tell my daughter, you're so smart. She'll be like, I know. And I can see the the fruits of those words and all her, all her work mm-hmm. and all her grades. And so she just makes me proud. Yeah. That's my proudest moment is having her. I know that's, that's actually crazy that, that you speak in that light. I know that works because I remember I was watching an experiment one time on YouTube and there was two glass bottles, all right? And I can't remember exactly what kind of fruit was in that glass bottle. No, actually, maybe it was a flower. It was something in the glass fruit. So on the left side, it was the guy was speaking negative. He's like, oh, you, you ain't shit. You this, you terrible, you didn't. It's everything negative. And the other glass is positive. You're beautiful. You're going to be great. You're going to be all this, right? 30 days later, he's doing this for 30 days straight. Pull the bottles out. The one that was negative is dead. The one that's positive is just glowing. 
And so I think that is important to speak that light. I think um, because I think you showing her the way and you changing up or adding your mother skills that you weren't taught and then adding to the skills that you, you know, you're teaching her now, I think are important because I think that's something she'll carry on. That's generation. That's how you keep, keep that generation going. I mean, I can't watch many kids. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but she's she's a good kid. I, I, I can deal with her. I, I'm not saying that just because you're right here with me. I can actually watch her. Most kids, I'm not saying most kids. Some kids, they come over here, they just too bad. I can't deal with that. But I know you've accomplished a lot uh, in this pandemic, you know, which is salute to you for keeping on going, not giving up, and being a single mother, because I know that's not easy, and having a full-time job. Is there any goals you have that you'd like to, that, that's at least within reach for 2020? Within reach? Well, my first goal would definitely be to complete that thesis and hit submit <laughs> for the end of 2020. And I would definitely say just continue to self-reflect, continue to journal, continue to want to grow in the areas that I have brought to my attention because I don't, I don't want to repeat patterns. Like, I, you know, like I want to tell the truth. I don't want to be afraid of rejection or, um, I want to learn how to control my thoughts so my thoughts won't lead to an emotion and so my emotions won't lead to an action. You know, and those actions may look like me saying something like I don't mean and not something mean like you're ugly or go to hell, but it's yeah. usually like leave me alone. And I may like legitimately I don't mean those words. It's because I'm in my emotions. So right. learning all that about me and wanting to be intentional in changing the trajectory of how I think, especially about myself as a woman and um, just like how I think as far as my worth is concerned and yeah. that I am deserving of love and sure. um, just to know I'm, I'm worth something. Yeah. And even, even if I'm alone to be okay in yeah. being alone. Yeah, for sure. Well, there you have it. This is Miss Talisha. Calhoun, speaking of truth, anything else you'd like to say? No, think so. Well, yes. Go ahead. It's your moment. I would say as we come to Thanksgiving mm -hmm. to do some self-reflection on the things that you are thankful for and then also do reflection on the things that you would like to do differently in your life. There you have it. Appreciate you guys for listening. This is BSL Podcast. Also, before I go, I want to give a shout out um, to my Aunt Roshonda and my Uncle Stacy for the t-shirt. Representing my little cousin Dion. Look over, Skimpo. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Like, share, and subscribe. Peace.